Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And blessed be His kingdom, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. 
Almighty and everlasting God, who dost govern all things in heaven and earth, mercifully hear the supplications of thy people, and in our time grant us thy peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from Deuteronomy. Moses summoned all Israel and said to them, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brethren. Him you shall heed. Just as you desired of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly, when you said, Let me not again hear the voice of the Lord my God. Or see this great fire any more, lest I die. And the Lord said to me, They have rightly said all that they have spoken. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brethren, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And whoever will not give heed to my words, which he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. But the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name which I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that same prophet shall die. The psalm for today is Psalm 111. Found on page 7 in your bulletin.
A reading from 1 Corinthians. Now concerning food offered to idols, we know that all of us possess knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. If anyone imagines that he knows something, he does not yet know as he ought to know. But if one loves God, one is known by him. Hence, as to the eating of food offered to idols, we know that an idol has no real existence and that there is no God but one. For although there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. However, not all possess this knowledge. But some, through being hitherto accustomed to idols, eat food as really offered to an idol, and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. Food will not commend us to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat, and no better off if we do. Only take care least of this liberty of yours somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. For if anyone sees you, a man of knowledge, at table in an island, idol's temple, may he, he, might he not be encouraged if his conscience is weak to eat food offered to idols? And so by your knowledge this weak man is destroyed, the brother for whom Christ died, thus sinning against your brethren and wounding their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food is a cause of my brother's failing, I will never eat meat. Least I will cause my brother to fail. The word of the Lord. be with you. The Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ according to Saint Mark. Glory Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus and his disciples went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and taught. And the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. And immediately there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. 
And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. And they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this, a new teaching? With authority he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ. Christ. Grant, O Lord, that thy word only may be spoken and thy word only may be received. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. This morning I was set and ready to preach on Paul's letter to the Corinthians, how food does not commend us to God, but I knew in a southern parish that would never go over because with all our potlucks and dinners... Food commends us to God. So, so we'll stick with the gospel this morning. Um, I think it's of note that every other year, perhaps, the major motion picture industry produces a film about demonic possession or evil or something of that nature. And so year after year, I get a lot of questions about evil, the nature of evil, about demonic possession. In fact, the last two weeks, I've spent uh, with our EYC discussing that very subject. Recently, there was yet another film about demonic possession that came out, which sparked a lot of questions and conversation. I think it appeals to people because the TV can do it right. The heads spinning around, houses falling apart, all sorts of metaphysical or unnatural things happening scares us scares us to death. So it's something to think about. And today, the gospel addresses this. So we'll spend some time looking at it. Uh, But first, introduce the gospel. We remember, well, we're right at the very beginning of Mark's gospel, and there's not a lot of buildup to Jesus's adult public ministry. We're still in chapter one. Last week, we had the call of the disciples when Jesus, walking along the shore of Galilee, comes upon Simon and his brother Andrew, and he says, follow me. And what do they do? They drop their nets and immediately follow him. They leave everything behind and follow Jesus. It's miraculous. He goes a little farther along the coastline, picks up James and his brother John, the sons of Zebedee. They leave their father, they leave their business, and they follow Jesus. Immediately. There's immediately. There's a sense of intensity. And this week we find out that they go into Capernaum. So he picks up the four disciples, immediately goes into Capernaum, and immediately from Capernaum goes into the synagogue and he teaches. And what happens this morning, all in the synagogue in Capernaum are astonished, are amazed at his teaching. He teaches them as one with authority and not as the scribes. 
So that should give us a second pause to sort of stop and say, well, what's going on? What was going on in the synagogue when the scribes, leaders of the Jewish religion, were teaching? And everything was sort of normal, I guess. And Jesus comes in and amazes them. He teaches with one with authority, not just like a normal person. So Jesus wakes this synagogue up. He wakes this congregation up with his teaching and with his authority. They understand things. They get things for the first time. And during this amazement and astonishment at Jesus' teaching that has been much different, evidently, from what they had had, what happens? There's an unclean spirit, right? That's possessing a person, and that unclean spirit speaks up. What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? I know who you are. You are the Holy One of God. And Jesus does what? He casts him out. And that's the end of the gospel. He casts out the unclean spirit from the man. Now, I think it's interesting and of note what word is used here. Not demonic spirit, not evil spirit. Unclean spirit is the word Mark chooses to use. Now, what exactly is unclean? It has a very specific context within the Old Testament, within the Levitical law. In the sense of ceremony, of the sense of worship, it's the things you must abstain from according to law if you're to offer proper sacrifices. They're common things, not necessarily evil, not head-spinning, head-turning, bile-excreting evil. They're common things, ordinary things. They are not holy. Now, in a moral sense, it's to be common, unholy, be regular in your thought and in your life. So unclean here is not really worthy of TV. It's sort of someone who, who does things that are not of God, who does things that do not have God as their primary intent. That is unclean. So Jesus comes in and teaches with authority and with passion and with truth. And what happens? The unclean spirit in the synagogue cries out. And it's of note in Mark's gospel that it is the demon who first confesses Jesus as Lord and Savior, first confesses Jesus as Holy One of God, Son of God. So here Jesus wakes up the synagogue and there's a common spirit in there. There's a spirit that is not of God. There's a spirit that is normal, which ought to tell us something. So we learn something from this encounter about demon possession in this gospel about spirits. First of all, Capernaum, if we remember back what I said at the very beginning, that is the hometown, the home of Peter, Simon, and Andrew, and James, and John. So it's the home to a lot of the disciples. It's their hometown, and that's where the unclean spirit dwells, home base. Jesus also uses Capernaum as his home base. He considers it sort of home away from home. So it's central to their life. It's a safe place. It's what they know. It's what is common to them. There's also the unclean spirit in the synagogue. So if we think about that, it's kind of crazy. So the, the, the unclean spirit is in the holy place. The unclean spirit is there where you think you would be safest against the works of darkness, against evil. But yet there's an unclean spirit in the middle of the holy place working against holiness. Trying to make things common, ordinary. Trying to... Take focus off God. So that's what we sort of learn. So how do we apply that? Or what does all this mean besides me ranting on about, about things? 
Life is a spiritual battle. Clean versus unclean. The battlefield is where we live our everyday lives. We spend a tremendous amount of time and effort keeping our homes tidy, keeping our yards manicured in good shape, keeping our houses painted and fixed up, keeping our houses vacuumed and mopped and clean and sterile. But how much time do we spend keeping our houses as an outpost of the kingdom of God? How much time do we spend seeing and viewing and preparing our house to be the basic building block of God's kingdom? Do we see it that way at all? Because that's where the unclean spirits, at least according to Mark, thrive. And they try to make us become ordinary, unclean. Try to take our attention and focus off God, off holiness, off the things that are of God to things that are not. Now, that's perhaps not worthy of a major motion picture. Again, there's no science fiction or or special effects that happen in that, but that's the reality of this. The spiritual battle begins at home and how we orient our home, what we do with our home. The next is in our own hometown, the places we feel the safest, the place we know the best, the things we are most familiar with is where this battle occurs as well. The place that the disciples and Jesus would return to, to rest and get refreshed, is the very place where the first unclean spirit they encounter. So we must think about that too. This place is safe. This place is common. This place is something we know and are familiar with and gives us a sense of safety and purpose and being. But it's also the place where evil lurks to take our attention and focus off God. To take our attention and focus and put it on ourselves and not others and not God. So that's another thing to consider from Mark's gospel. And finally, in this very parish, you think if you come to church, you're safe and there's no worries. But we see very clearly that there was an unclean spirit dwelling within the synagogue. People who put their forth their best effort to go to church. People who put forth their best effort to live in community, to live as a congregation, to, to put God first. But somewhere they got lost and focused rather on themselves or on things that are not of God. And so there in the midst of the parish of the synagogue dwelt the unclean spirit. And we all know if we've been part of church for longer than about three or four weeks, that church is difficult. We know that there's fights sometimes happen. We don't exactly get along with each other. We can turn our attention to things that are not of God. We can turn our attention to things such as furniture or walls or what to do with the yard. We can turn our attention away from our focus on God and his worship and the care of God's people to other things. So in those places, our very homes, our hometowns, our parishes is the battlefield. And it's not a dramatic battle. It's a battle that tries to get us to turn our focus from God and our focus from doing the work of God to ourselves, to the common and ordinary. That is a spiritual battle. So how do we fight it? What do we do? First of all, we must recognize that there is a battle. That that is what Mark is trying to tell us. There's something we need to know about that, that our life is a spiritual battle where we're constantly struggling to keep God as the focus 
and purpose of our life, where we're constantly trying to put others before us, to put the work of God before ourself. It's a constant struggle. And we do so, we struggle by turning our houses into places of prayer and good works, by turning this community into a place of prayer and good works, by turning our life into a life filled with prayer and good works that puts God first, that does not compartmentalize. Okay, I'll go to church on Sunday, but then I'm not going to worry about things until this time. Sees the whole of life is a prayer. The whole of life is a good work. And finally, and this is something else that the movies don't always portray the best, the name of Jesus. Remember that Jesus has ultimate authority and power over everything. Clean spirits, unclean spirits, angels, demons, everything. The demon rec- or the unclean spirit in today's gospel recognizes Jesus. I know who you are. Jesus says, come out. The, G- the demon goes out. We have victory over unclean spirits. It is not a losing by- battle we fight. It's a difficult battle, but it is not one that we cannot win. So fight the good fight. And all because we keep our yards manicured and our houses sanitary, don't think that your home, your parish, and your life cannot become unclean spiritually. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Standing, let us affirm our faith in God and in His Holy Church. Kneeling, let us pray. 
With all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord, saying, Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above, for the loving kindness of God, and for the salvation of our souls, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the world, for the welfare of the Holy Church of God, and for the unity of all peoples, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For Duncan, our bishop, Jeffrey, our priest, and for all the clergy and people, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For Barack, our president, Phil, our governor, and Melvin, our mayor, and for all the leaders of the nations and for all in authority, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the county of Jones, the city of Laurel, for every city and community, and for those who live in them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For seasonable weather and for an abundance of the fruits of the earth, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the good earth which God has given us and for the wisdom and will to conserve it, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who travel on land, on water, or in the air, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the aged and infirm, for the widowed and orphans, and for the sick and the suffering, especially Connie Baxter, Dewey Blackledge, Lisa Bouchelon, Beth Boykin, Cesar Centeno, Luca Seraldo, Helen Dixon, Sylvia Ellis, Carol Henley, Bill Hersom, Leroy Jensen, Alex Karras, Lynn Jenkins Lindsay, Mary Lou Lott, Mitch Malden, Randy Matters, Della McAllister, Austin Morgan, Sherry Parrish, Jenny Lou Kwong, Ashley Rogers, Casey Smith, Robert Smith, Wendy Sneed, Carolyn Ruth Stansel, Henry Temple, Joan Todd, Mary Wade, Kitty Wagusback, Shirley Waldrop, and Maria Webb. And for all who suffer from chronic illnesses and for those we now name, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those celebrating birthdays, especially Robin Barwick, John Jeffries, Adam Sauls, and Skipper Schwarzweger, and for those celebrating anniversaries, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those with child, especially Allison Albritton, Heather Brown, Catherine Davis, LeClaire Davis, Jessica Dees, Maggie Farrell, Karen Fitzgerald, Elizabeth Hancock, Elizabeth Lindsay, Amanda Kennedy, Jennifer Malone, Megan Rotter, Lynn Welliver, and Casey Gibbs Whitson. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the poor and the oppressed, for the unemployed and the destitute, for prisoners and captives, And for all who remember and care for them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. 
For all who have died in the hope of the resurrection, especially Danny Hinton, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For deliverance from all danger, violence, oppression, and degradation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the men and women of our armed forces at home and abroad, especially John Asbel, Louisa Balthazar, Chase Bradshaw, John Brewer, Michael Buthler, Michael Cahill, Mark Carter, Melissa Kleckler, Stan Harris, Jay Holloway, Scott Howell, Eric Jamillo, Walton Lucky, Bailey Lutz, Calvin Powell, R.P. Powell, Harold Russell, Michael Thomas, Joe Vinson, Carrie Walker, James Warner, Mark Waters, Wyatt Welch, and Joshua Yarbrough. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the absolution and remission of our sins and offenses, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That we may end our lives in faith and hope, without suffering and without reproach, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Defend us, deliver us, and in thy compassion protect us, O Lord, by thy grace. Lord, have mercy. In the communion of the ever-blessed Virgin Mary, St. John, our patron, and of all the saints, let us commend ourselves and one another and all our life to Christ our God. To thee, O Lord, our God. Lord of the church, who hast given to thy servants a diversity of gifts, that they may share them with their brethren, grant us the generous heart to give, the humble heart to receive, that we, with all that love Thee, may know the fullness of Thy grace, that Thy love may be perfected in us, to the glory of Thy name. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God,
Good morning. Oh, <laughs> Good morning, everyone, and uh, welcome to St. John's on this fourth Sunday uh, in the Epiphany season. It's a privilege to see you all here this morning and a pleasure to be with you. Uh, a, a few things upcoming. Uh, Tuesday morning's Bible study, uh, I thought would not meet, but it will meet this Tuesday. Uh, we'll be looking at uh, C.S. Lewis's Great Divorce, chapters 2, 3, and 4. So if you're at all interested, uh, Tuesday morning, 9 o'clock, chapters 2, 3, and 4, you may see me or call the parish office for more information. Uh, Monday, we'll have our monthly EYC gathering, um, ECW, excuse me, Episcopal Church Women. Judy, uh, Judy and Judy, Judy McLaughlin and Judy Pilgrim will be providing the lunch. And uh, I'm not sure I'll be there. I'm going to try my best to, to be there to present the program for the meeting. So uh, it should be a great time. I love getting together. The the ladies love getting together on those monthly meetings, so uh, you're all invited if you're a lady, um, and so come on out to that. Uh, I think, let's see what else is that. It, uh, our Honduras Medical Mission, um, we're, we're trying, uh, we have been given the privilege and blessing of praying for the team for one day. Uh, you may either sign up to take an hour of, of, of one day on the, uh, on the email through Notes from Patmos, or there's a sign-up sheet in the, in the uh, welcome area in the business office. So, Please take time to sign up for that. Uh, and I want to congratulate our, our men's uh, church league basketball team. They, they were victorious uh, Tuesday night. Is that, is that right? What was it 41 to... It was, we handily de- defeated our enemy and opponent in church league basketball. <laughs> so, so there we go. So, uh, so uh, our next game is Tuesday, this Tuesday at 9 p.m. at Westminster Presbyterian. So you're encouraged to either come out and play or, uh, or cheer, cheer the guys on. So that's, that's good. And then this Wednesday at 5.30, we will end the uh, Christmas season, as it were, with the presentation of our Lord Jesus Christ in the temple, Candlemas, as it's commonly called. We'll bless all the candles that will be used on the altar for the year and any devotional candles people bring from home. Uh, we'll also have a procession of light. So for the last time in the year, we'll get out the little uh, handheld candles and have a candlelit service. We'll have the blessing of the throats, which is a healing service. So there'll be a healing element to that. And then after the Eucharist, we'll have, uh, as is the traditional fair of Candlemas, we'll have crepes. We'll have a, a crepe reception. So uh, it'd be a lot of fun. So I do uh, encourage you to put that in your calendar and make every effort to attend. There'll be wonderful music as well. So again, everyone, welcome. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God.
Please stand. All things come of Thee, O Lord, and of Thine own have we given Thee. The holy sacrifice of this Eucharist is offered to the greater glory of God in thanksgiving for His many, many blessings upon our lives. Giving thanks especially this day for the grace and mercy of God which fills our hearts to help us win the spiritual battle of life. We offer special intentions this day for the children of this world, remembering especially those who live in areas that are torn by war or poverty or famine. Remember the children who are homeless and unloved. And we ask for the grace and the mercy of God that may fill our hearts that we may protect those children and do all that we can to be the presence of God and presence of Christ in this world. And may the souls of all the faithfully departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your heart. We give them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is right and good and joyful thing. Always every
calling of Israel to be your people, in your word spoken through the prophets, and above all in the word made flesh, Jesus your Son. For in these last days you sent him to be incarnate from the Virgin Mary, to be the Savior and Redeemer of the world. In him you have delivered us from evil and made us worthy to stand before you. In him you have brought us out of error into truth, out of sin into righteousness, out of death into life. On the night before he died for us, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he had given thanks to you, he broke, he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Savior of Christ. 
peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you this day and remain with you.